had a weird feeling that evening when we left the city after all the hubbub and the shouting and the singing. The crowd, the crowd filled the street and shut down all normal business and donkey travel for like a couple hours. They were on fire. You could see in people's faces just the desperation. The desire for their children to grow up without fear. As we walked, some people offered us weapons and told us they were ready to mobilize at a moment's notice. Some people stood in his path, like blocking the way, just they needed healing or they were pleading with him to help them get their husband out of jail. This surge of energy in the city, this this raw need, and all the expectations, it just scared me a little bit. All through the next days, I was uneasy. That evening, before the Passover, she came with her expensive ointment. She was so clear, so clear and so loving as she anointed his head. Of course, we all recognize the sign. A prophet chosen by God. And we believed he was God's anointed the Messiah. But who of us was ready for the Messiah that he was called to be? The kind that would die rather than kill. Whose way was love all the way to the end. We weren't ready. Who could be ready for such horrors? We women tried to stay with him, or at least near him. But I'm getting ahead of myself. This woman and her anointing oil, in a way, represented all of us in joining Jesus in the hardest part of his calling She held herself with calm confidence, honoring him, speaking so much truth with this simple gesture. And somehow, somehow she seemed at peace with it, anointing him for his burial, he said. His burial. The words send shivers through me. She has done what she could, he said, and would be remembered for it. I wondered in those next days, had I done all that I could? Save us, they shouted. Hosanna! Oh, it was electric. We all felt it. Our, our need to be seen as, as human beings, as children of the Most High. Our need to be released from the crushing taxes, the betrayal of our leaders sitting comfortably in Rome's pocket. They were so used to their power, I don't know if they wanted a Messiah at all. 
They were happy with the way things were. Jesus was always surprising us. Pushing past our prejudices and assumptions about what was right and who he should be. But he was pushing so hard, I was afraid for him. He didn't care enough about protecting himself. We, we needed him to lead, and, but, but he was going to get himself killed. And he knew it. That was the strange part. Well, and I guess some others understood this better than we 12. That woman and her ointment. After we'd eaten the Passover meal, we were so afraid. We didn't want to leave the house. Clearly, he knew that the worst was coming. And one of the twelve, one of the twelve, he said, would hand him over. Things began unraveling against everyone's objections. He insisted on going to the Mount of Olives. As we walked, he told us we would all desert him. I was so sure I would stay with him through everything. I loved him. But I had a lot more to learn about love and trust and courage. He trusted God more than anyone I'd known or heard of. At the Garden of Gethsemane. Looking back, I can't believe we were all sleeping. Sleeping. While he was pleading with the Blessed One for his life. We should have been awake to the signs and seen this night coming. He was always challenging their compromises and callousness toward us with so little power. But when he warned us, we didn't want to hear it. Maybe because we feared how much it would cost him, how much it would cost all of us. I've never been so anxious, shaken, and then they came. Dozens more than they would have needed to arrest him. We're simple country people, and mostly unarmed. The empire specializes in overkill. When we saw that he would not resist them, we all ran for our lives just as he had said we would. The only thing greater than my shame was the fear that pulsed through my whole body. Peter and the women tried to follow, keeping their distance. I certainly kept my distance. I've never known fear as I did that night, trembling head to toe, almost soiled myself. Then... Somebody noticed my Galilean accent. Ah, They hate us enough without being associated with a rebel rabbi. They think just because we're from up north, our lives are worthless. I'm so sick of being profiled every time I come to Jerusalem. When the moment came, I, I said, I don't know him. 
I, I didn't know him like I thought I did. No, this was not the man I knew. So strong and so, so sure and full of hope. What happened? I heard they were dragging him off to Pilate, and I thought my insides would spill out. I could not contain my grief. Those nights were inconsolable. He wasn't anybody you'd remember. Even to the Judeans, he was an outsider from all the way up in Nazareth. And yet he still had the gall to stand there and refuse to answer my questions. Incredible. Didn't he know his life was in my hands? And yet there was an eerie kind of strength about him. I was amazed at his resolve not to answer his accusers. Anyway, who knows if he was really a threat. But we did have some very disturbing intelligence on him, and there was no tolerating any kind of challenge to Caesar's absolute rule. I was glad to get him off my hands. He just would not play by their rules. In life or in death, I had to smile a little just watching him defy Pilate, that cruel... I can still hear the crowd crying, Crucify! Crucify! Maybe they were enraged at seeing another shining star preaching hope and a new order that he just couldn't deliver. Part of me understood their, their outrage and their desperation. But it was all just so confusing and fast. And before we knew it, Pilate had made his choice. And the soldiers dragged him off to beat him. They did with him what they pleased. They treated him like a rag doll, stripping off his clothes dressing him up in the empire's royal purple, shouting, Hail, King of the Jews! It was a disgrace. Then they led him away to the place of the skull. And he hung there helpless. What kind of Messiah lets this happen? What kind of Savior? What kind of leader? You call this victory? In what world is this victory over Satan? Where is this kingdom he kept talking about? The only kingdom I see is More cruelty, despair, our steady Roman diet. I thought he was a great man, the greatest of men. 
but he's become nothing. Worse than nothing. Hung on a tree. As he labored towards death, his breath grew shallow. Weird things started happening. It was midday and suddenly dark, as if the earth itself objected to seeing this wise, good, healing, innocent man hung on a tree. Maybe the most jarring of all, the temple curtain torn down the middle as he breathed his last. What arrogance makes them think they have the right to decide someone should die? They love playing God, making a public spectacle and driving fear like stakes into people's hearts. They call these men terrorists, but it's the empire that wreaks terror far and wide to protect their way of life. Their oppressive domination is more like it. Our, Our brother Paul said, the Holy One's power is made perfect in weakness. We didn't know it, but we were watching that happen. He was stretched to the breaking point, stretched between all of our contradictions, our unwillingness, our our clinging to what we know. But he kept opening his hands. He opened so far, it broke him. Our hearts just tore in our chests. We couldn't think, we could hardly breathe. There was nothing to say. Only now we begin to see he was becoming the knot of the covenant. Holding at the center all the tension between us and the creator, becoming the binding agent, the glue of the bond. So is this God after all? Serving his friends, not demanding their loyalty, although it crushed his spirit. Stretching his arms out, abandoned. Dying with the question, why, on his lips. In agony, not knowing, not knowing at that moment if God would really vindicate him in the end. I guess we live most of our lives not. Knowing, not knowing if our open hands, if love will bring any kind of justice, or if hatred and violence will continue to thrive. And yet, something was happening, something frightening and new. The torn temple curtain. We felt shifting under our feet in the air around us like something being born out of sheer love 
But that day, as evening and Sabbath passed, pressed on us, all we knew, he was gone, and our hope was gone with him. We shook with grief beyond our words. We went back to Bethany, preparing to take our rest. But who, who could sleep? Who could sleep? While he was sleeping breathless, without a proper burial, alone, and slowly growing cold behind the cold rock. <laughs>